You're, 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 you're listening to the Mr. James Carrington Podcast. Welcome back. Welcome. 
welcome back i hope you guys were enjoying that brief musical break Mm. so let's get into it i know a lot of you are probably wondering okay what's going on james why where where were you why did it take you so long to get back to us you know uh why the long hiatus and we're gonna get into all that okay um but before we do first i have a couple shout outs to give i would like to give a big shout out to my number one fan khadija uh how you doing khadija hope you're doing all right over there i'd also like to give a big shout out to all my um cousins the ones who listen to the show uh big shout out to all my classmates down there in ghana class of 94 96 Uh, Tosa alumni you know who you are Um, big shout out to all my listeners down there in Ghana as well and in Nigeria and other parts of the world Uh, big shout out to my listeners here in the states too okay my friends the you know people that I consider friends as well as family those of you who are faithful listeners to the show big shout out to all of you okay from the suburbs of uh, Houston all the way to the suburbs of Washington State and all the way down to Sickleville, New Jersey. Big shout out to all of you guys. Don't let me forget Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, Tara. Big shout out to you. Big shout out to Fritz and Trenton. All you guys. Big shout out to all of you. I hope all of you had a great summer 2023. And, uh, you know, I'm just letting you guys know that I'm back. So let's get into it. Let's get into it. So. I'm going to start by, you know, giving you guys basically, because I think the last time you guys heard from me was at some point early 2022. So we're going to we're going to basically start from there. So last year, um, last year was a very busy year for me. Last year was an exceptionally busy year for me. There was a lot going on in 2022. So much so that, I, I, you know, last year, 2022, me and the family um, went to Ghana. And I still haven't even made an episode on that. But I'll probably skip that episode. Um, because this year 2023 we just got back from nigeria and i'm sure most of you would rather hear about our experiences in nigeria than in ghana because those of you who listen to the show on a consistent basis i've told you guys you know on numerous occasions usually you know what happens when i go to ghana so you kind of have an idea of you know uh, what a typical Ghanaian vacation for me is like right but 
I have never had the chance to actually go to Nigeria for an extended period of time and and have a vacation there with the family and that is what uh, we did this year okay that is precisely what we did this year so I'll talk about that and I'm sure you guys would rather enjoy that than um, have me talking about my 2022 vacation in Ghana although I have to say the vacation in Ghana last year 2022 we had a blast okay um, the wifey finally realized that it was time for her or it was time for us as a family to go to Ghana now for those of you who again who are if you see some of these things will only make sense to you if you are a consistent listener to the show that's why you have to listen to the show consistently right but anyway so if you've been following um if if you've been following me faithfully so i went to ghana uh in 2019 i told you all how that was that was a blast and then i couldn't go in 2020 because of corona Mm -hmm. then i went back again in 2021 and in 2021 i told you guys about that i did about uh, a three series episode on that then come 2022 i told the wifey you know I, I basically i i've stated to my wife that um i'm gonna be going to ghana at least once a year now okay if not even once a year once every other year okay so seeing as how i had already been down there in 2019 and 2021 and and with each time that i would plan on going i'll tell her listen do you want to come with the kids but of course a family of five traveling overseas is a lot of money okay it's a lot of money so there was always that financial uh disincentive there right for all of us to go to go as a collective there was a financial disincentive but i think that you know wifey took one look at the situation he was like okay he's been in 2019 he's you know he went in 2021 i i think it's time to go and i i thought so too so um we figured 2022 we gotta go we got we we definitely gotta go and originally the the plan was that we would go to ghana and then her family would hop over from Nigeria and come visit us in Ghana. Well, that didn't pan out. So when we went to Ghana, the kids only saw my side of the family, okay? They saw their maternal, I mean, they saw their paternal grand, uh, wait, that would be, yeah, they saw their paternal great-grandmother my grandmother who's a hundred years old they, they got the chance to see her they got the chance to see my aunts and uncles they saw some of their cousins from that side of the family you know uh, so 2022 was a blast and when we went my brother and his family also came down around the same time and so at one point we were all in the same house the kids were having the ball i mean it was just lovely it was just nice 2020 ghana summer vacation 2022 was a blast 
it was a blast it was nice i really enjoyed it you know but i won't go into detail about that um so but that's what happened last year okay so we did that for the summer that's how we spent the summer um but while we were away and this is what a lot of you um don't know is while we were away i was in the process of talking to a company and trying to get them to buy me out okay because for those of you again who know me or who follow this podcast you know i have been self-employed for the past 13 years i had a good run i'm not going to lie i had a good run but it was time to let go it was time to let go because the industry that i'm in was not making any more money um it was it was becoming very hard to maintain uh you know maintain good profit margins uh profit margins were razor thin and there was just so much going on in my industry that i was like you know what it doesn't make any sense to keep holding on to this okay and as a businessman you realize that when you get to the point where you have to start subsidizing your business with your own money then it's not worth keeping that business anymore so summer of 2022 while i was away overseas i started a conversation with a big box uh, retail store and i you know they were receptive to the idea of 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 uh purchasing me out so the talks started then and we kept talking and you know they were doing their due diligence and all that stuff and everything finally came to a wrap by december of 2022 so basically i ended 2022 on a very positive note on a good note going into 2023 because i was able to um you know sell my business get it off my hands and not have to worry about um you know the managerial and the ownership aspects of running the business day to day anymore and like i said even though i did that for 13 years and i had a good run at it of course i had my ups and downs but if i could do it all over again i would right i would because when you own your own business there's a certain level of independence that comes with it there's also a certain level of stress that comes with it but at least the independence more than makes up for the stress okay until it doesn't anymore right so so that was good i learned a lot during those past 13 years not just in terms of managing your own business but also about human nature okay and about money and and money management and all that stuff and uh so when the next time you see a business owner if you've never owned a business before uh, try and support especially if it's a small business owner try and support them as much as you can because we go through a lot we go through a lot 
when you're driving through town and you see businesses you know mom and pop stores okay locally owned businesses i'm not talking about big corporations i'm talking about locally owned businesses there is a lot that goes into maintaining that storefront a lot okay and you know sometimes you're doing good you have your good days you have your bad days you have your good quarters you have your bad quarters you have your good years and you have your bad years sometimes business is booming great sometimes business is like where are other customers you understand and so you know if you, you know when you're driving through town again and you, you know on your streets and you see businesses and stuff like that uh, please have a uh, a, a new found respect and appreciation for an independent uh, business owner because we go through a lot or they're going through a lot and for the most part when covid struck in 2020 if you guys will notice a lot of small businesses got wiped out a lot of small businesses got wiped out there were businesses that were already teetering on the brink of collapse covid pushed them over that edge now i happen to be in an industry where covid actually benefited me right so i was grateful to god for that okay while everybody was was you know while a lot of small businesses had to be shuttered and you know because of lockdown and stuff like that my business which was considered an essential business had to stay open i had to stay open and so while everybody was losing money left and right and trying to figure out where their next paycheck was coming from i was actually making money and so for that you know i'm eternally grateful to god for that so 2022 came and um you know that 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 came into i actually made a, quite a, a decent amount of money in 2022 uh i could have made even more if i wasn't so busy focusing on the business but i had been watching what was going on in the stock market you know but you know it, it's neither here nor there at this point but 2022 i mean 2020 and then 2021 were okay uh, 2020 was really good for business 2021 was okay for business but then 2021 going into 2022 everything just started collapsing again everything just started collapsing around us those of you in the stock market you know what i'm talking about the stock market started taking a beating okay if you made if you didn't make money in the stock market in 2020 and 2021 then i don't know what you were doing because everybody was making money during those two years everybody and then as soon as we started heading into 2022 the whole thing just came crashing down so if you didn't save your money or if you didn't invest and made money and you didn't save that money or in the case of someone like me you put the bulk of the money back into the stock market hoping that it would keep going up well <laughs> oh man i don't need to tell you you, you can do the math you can figure out the math for yourself right so 
again, if all those gains that were made during those two years, if all those gains had re- had had remained, and uh, I probably would still be in business right now, but a lot of money was made and a lot of money was lost too. If you were lucky, you and you lost money. Uh, if you were lucky, you ended up on the net positive side. If you weren't lucky, you ended up uh, in the hole. And then there, were, of course, there were people who ended up being neutral. I was a little bit above neutral, but even that was not enough in terms of the bigger financial picture for me to think that I could hold on to my business and keep working the way that I was working. You understand? And so it was with all of these things in mind, all of these things in mind, I decided to sell my business and I was able to do that. So that was 2022. So we enter the new year 2023. And I have to say that the 2022 Christmas holiday season was one of the most mentally challenging roller coaster holiday seasons for me. Because on the one hand, I had a successful business closure. Okay. Um and i was very happy about that but then there were other things going on in my life that basically i would be happy one minute and then i would go out go into a slump the next minute and you know of course some of these things um well most of these things that was going on in my personal life i'm not gonna tell you guys right but Let's just say that the 2022 Christmas um, holiday season was a, a very emotional roller coaster uh, season for me. And I saw the things that I'll tell you, I'll, I'll give you a little bit of an insight. So, my parents, for instance, you know, are elderly. And as a matter of fact, you know, when I decided to close my business one of the driving factors behind that was that if i wasn't encumbered or tied to the business where i had to be there almost every day i could start spending more time with my parents and giving my mom uh, a lending hand uh, as far as my dad goes you know helping her out uh, helping her help my dad or take care of my dad okay so that was a decision that weighed heavily in my decision to sell my business but as you can tell i just pointed out that i my mom needed help with my dad so that tells you that um it's because of the frail nature of my dad my parents are elderly my dad is almost 80 years old he's not quite there yet but he's he will be there god willing in a few years right and um you know when you're in your mid 40s you're in the sandwich generation and i did a whole show on this on youtube you're taking care of two generations you're taking care of your children you're responsible for your children 
and you're responsible for your parents as well okay and if you're a responsible adult you do as much as you can to take care of both and you have to find this balance and act where you're not you know you're you're managing your time as effectively as you can to get the best uh, outcome as possible while caring for these two generations you understand so you know seeing my parents and them getting older and frail by the minute and and that also you know that that takes an emotional toll on you okay because you realize that at right then and there you you start to realize that you know at some point and i've talked about this uh, in a previous episode but you realize that wow you know we or me i'm the one really holding down the fort now okay it's an added responsibility and it's like man and then not only that but you you see your parents and you realize that man i remember a time when they were young and they were agile and now look at them they're old they've slowed down you know and then you also realize that one day i'm going to become like them one day i'm gonna become like them you know and that is a very sobering um thought you understand it's a very sobering thought but it's one that you have to process and analyze and and you have to put into context and realize that you know i have to accept this okay this is the whole so-called midlife crisis that they talk about you have to accept the fact that you're not a spring chicken anymore you can do some of the things that you know you were doing 10 years ago and to make things worse some of the things that you're doing now you won't be able to do you won't be able to do 10 years from now because you look at your parents and you remember what your parents used to be like when they were your age and when they were your age and you used to look at them you used to think they were very physically fit and everything but you know the years pile on and you watch as they slowly kind of like slow down and you know the age takes over and i think that was one of for me personally that was one of the things that really weighed heavily on my mind because i had to bring myself and i'm still bringing myself to the gradual acceptance of that the acceptance of the fact that everything gets old okay whether it's a car whether it's a building or it's a human being or any living things both living and non-living things experience aging and they experience decay they experience you know and at some point there will be the eventual fading away where you cease to exist okay it's one of those things that no one really prepares you for this moment in your life your mid 40s going into your 50s no one prepares you for that and um, and that's why I think a lot of people have a midlife crisis. So I can I can emphatically say to you guys that um, I believe that I kind of went through like a, a semi midlife crisis thing, you know, and 
the the most painful thing about going through a midlife crisis too is the fact that like i said you're you're caring for two generations there's only so much energy that you have right and it's you trying to do the best that you can and realizing that there are limits to what you can do Mm -hmm. um and i'll give you a very good example so prior to me turning 41 i never wore glasses eyesight was great and then as soon as i turned 41 i realized that i was straining my eyes i couldn't see things you know i couldn't read and um, so i had to start wearing glasses and i know that you know for those of you who already wear glasses or for those of you who've worn glasses since you were kids it's no big deal but for those of us who had to start for those of us who had excellent eyesight up until um you know when the macular degeneration set in that was a transition that we also had to undergo and again you're in your midlife you're undergoing all these other transformations or you know and you realize your eyesight is one of them and you know you need your eyes for everything you know so things like that made you realize the limits of what you know your body as it ages can do and for me initially up to this day I, I still haven't quite fully accepted it okay because to me it's it's annoying it's not annoying that you know if i'm upstairs in my office and i'm reading and i have to put my glasses down and i go downstairs and i realize i have to read something again and i don't have my glasses with me i can't read the item or the article and i have to go back up and get the glasses again it's these little annoyances and inconveniences you see these are the things that frustrate you when you're in your midlife or let's say i run to the store and i forget my glasses at home and i'm trying to you know i pick out something and i'm trying to read what it says on there in the store and i can't read it and it's like you've got to be fucking kidding me you understand people if you're in your mid-40s you'll understand what i'm saying you'll understand what i'm saying a 23 year old won't understand a 30 year old won't understand even a 35 year old might not understand but if you're in your 40s or you're getting close to your 40s you'll understand what i'm saying so so that was a good example of you know something like that where you know it's it's such a a simple basic thing something that i used to take for granted like just reading without having to think about it without having to prepare for it i didn't need any instruments i didn't need any guidance now if i'm not wearing my glasses i can't read and so so then now you have to come up you have to start coming up with mechanisms to adapt right so now i gotta have a a pair of glasses in the car i gotta have a pair of glasses at work i gotta have a pair of glasses in the bedroom i gotta have a pair of glasses in the office and it's like come on My wife has told me that if it bothers me that much, I should go get LASIK surgery. And I'm like, "Eh, I don't know. I don't know. I got to think about that, you know. (laughs) 
so um yeah so it's these little things you know um that you know basically started taking an emotional toll on me during the holiday season and for once i think i have told you guys that the the christmas holiday season is not my favorite i prefer thanksgiving right i prefer thanksgiving but um last year thanksgiving you know all thanksgivings prior to last year's thanksgiving usually we would hold it at my parents house because my mom would prepare the turkey my mom would basically do most of the cooking and then my brother and his wife my wife my auntie if she was not working that day my my cousin jeff and his wife kiami if they were coming they would bring food like so basically it was it was this big family gathering thanksgivings were always um a very nice time to get together and i think i alluded to the fact that thanksgiving was one of my favorite holiday seasons because you got to see everybody hmm? you got to see everybody if if you hadn't seen people in a while or if you hadn't seen people all year at least thanksgiving you were about 80 percent guaranteed to see them so we would all get together at my mom's house the mom would make all these delicious dishes and of course all the women would also bring their own dishes or whatever ancillary dishes to supplement it and it was great times but for the first time last year um we held i think we had thanksgiving we didn't have thanksgiving at my parents that much as you know i i remember um and i don't think we went anywhere else everybody had thanksgiving uh at their own house this past year so right that was a drastic change too because it's like you're so used to you're so used to getting around everybody and then now all of a sudden it's like everybody is just at home doing their own thing everybody decided to stay home and have their own thanksgiving you understand so so yeah that 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 was another thing too that made me realize that you know life is slowly changing and some of the things that i was used to um i'm going to have to let go of you know and um so i'm telling you man last 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 holiday season 2022 man it was it was it was it was just crazy and since i was also in the process of shutting down my store and and you know that part i liked but there was also a certain uncertainty that came with that okay because you have to understand i had been working for myself for 13 years now i was making that transition back into the corporate setting where i would have to work for someone i would have to abide by a certain company's rules and regulations i couldn't do things the way i wanted the way i was used to doing them that 
alone in itself also brought a certain level of anxiety and uncertainty you understand so think about everything that I have just told you okay the condition of my parents the fact that I knew I had to take care of them but the fact that in spite of the fact that I had to take care of them I knew there was only so much I could do for them while there was only so much I could do for my kids too at the same time because of mere uh, or simple physical limitations as a result of me myself getting older too okay and um, so you wrap all these things together you, you put all these things all of these things were things that I was dealing with at the same time and you realize and, and also I was in my mid 40s and you realize why I was so like you know I'd have days when I'd wake up I was so happy and then I'd have days to where it was like I was thinking about the future and the future is unknown and uncertain and you know will God give me the strength to do all these things that all these responsibilities that are before me now will he would he give me the strength to endure all the the trials and the tribulations that come with you know going into the second half of my life the second journey of my life you know would I have the strength and the wherewithal to be able to take care of my parents as they got as you know as they got uh, older and older would I would I be able to be there have their backs ensure that they were living comfortably while at the same time making sure I wasn't putting undue stress on myself would I have would I have the time um, and the attention to to lavish on my kids so that I was still a father figure to them, a good father at that, you know, the things that I could, you know, I used to do with them when they were younger, you know, would I still have the energy to do those things? Would I still be a good loving husband to my wife, you know, as I made this career moves? And she herself was also making a few career changes or moves of her own. All of these things, all of these things were things that I figured I needed answers to or I, I, I was trying to wrap my mind around during last year's holiday season. So it was a tough time. I ain't gonna lie to you folks, man. It was a tough time. So that was 2022 in a nutshell and how it ended. And um, right now we're going to take a quick musical break. And uh, don't go nowhere. Just enjoy the music. And I'll be back. Yeah. 
they left nothing to worry me I know they left nothing to bother me They no honor one apology You know say she know they bother nobody Me I know they left nothing to bother me I know they left nothing to bother me They no honor one apology They get me so good outside you guys were enjoying that brief musical interlude anyway before we get into the second segment um, I'd like to give a couple shout outs I'd like to give a big shout out to all my cousins Chris Jeff Felix uh, and anyone else that I'm forgetting as well as their spouses Griselda Rachel Kiami big shout out to all of you guys I know you guys are faithful listeners to the show appreciate that I'd also like to give a big shout out to my wife's cousins up in this big state of Texas Linda and Cole big shout out to you guys out there too so anyway let's get into it so in part one of of this episode I was telling I was basically giving you guys a recap of what life entailed for me in 2022 okay there were a lot of things that were going on behind the scenes in 2021 well some of these things started as far back as 2020 so 2020 all the way to 2022 there were a couple things that were going on both in my personal and business life and all those things that were happening everything culminated in Uh, the events of 2022 okay so um, as I alluded to in 2022 I sold off my business so I could free up some more time for myself um, more time to spend with my family but most importantly more time to spend with my parents okay because my parents are up there in age they're elderly and they were planning this move to go back and live permanently in Africa, in Ghana to be specific. 
Okay, so there was a lot going on behind the scenes, and that's one of the reasons why I wasn't coming or you haven't heard from me all year. Um, because these were not just simple tasks, these were not just simple moves, these were big moves, these were life altering moves. Okay, you own a business or businesses for 13 years, you sell them off, now you gotta go back to working for someone, you know, at the same time, you're sandwich generation, hmm? you're taking care of your children, you're taking care of your parents, not so much taking care of your parents, but you're looking out for them, okay, and um, so there was a lot going, these are, these were life-changing um, moves, okay, and also my parents deciding to move from one continent to another, that is no small feat, okay? This is something that requires planning, a lot of thought, and some more planning. Because if you guys have, um, if you guys remember from some of my previous episodes in which I was telling you about, you know, dealing with the folks back home on the continent, you know, if you have plans, if you have any sort of plans that involve people back home on the continent, whether it's Ghana or Nigeria or wherever, it's almost as if you got to, you got to be thinking for two people. You got to think for them and then you got to think for yourself. You always got to be two steps ahead. Okay. Because there is something about living in the West, which sets our expectations so high, our expectations and our standards, our expectations of the way things need to be done, the bar is set so high by you living in the West. So I say all that to say this. So one of the things that took away or took most of my time was in helping to put together the logistics for my parents moving back home. Had to make sure that you know, they had a place to stay when they went back, okay? And that not only did they have a place, not only did they have a dwelling, but the dwelling was comfortable and that the dwelling was satisfactory to them because they're elderly and they, you can't just send them home and just put them in anything, you understand? The place has to conform to a way of life that they've been accustomed to. Okay, so it has to have everything, it has to have all the amenities over there, or in it. Fortunately for us, and who the hell is calling me now? Let's see, better not be spam. Hold on, y'all. All right, um, what was I even talking about? Anyway, yeah, I was talking about my parents and them going back home. Anyway, so fortunately, fortunately, my parents... You know, most of the work in terms of them moving back home, I would have to say most of the work had already been done. My parents have two homes back in Ghana, so those were already there, the structure's already up, the structure's been up and was waiting for them. But we had to, you know, make some renovations, do some renovations, particularly in their house, the one in the, in the capital city. The one in the countryside, for the most part, had been constantly, was constantly being maintained because there were people living in it. The one in Accra, not so much. 
So last year, when the family and I went to Ghana, and one of the things that my brother and, and I did in terms of getting their house, my parents' house ready for them, is we actually stayed in there. Okay, we took our families and we both went and stayed there for a couple of days, at least 10 days, so that we could figure out, you know, by living in it, we could see what the house needed and, um, you know, put in plans uh, for those things that needed to be done, uh, to be done, okay, before my parents would, because we knew, come rain or shine, that my parents would move down there this year, 2023. So anyway, so 2023 rolls around. I have completed, I successfully completed the sale of my business. And, you know, I decided they offered me a position with the company, the company that bought me out. And I said, okay, yeah, sure, I'll work for you. But I'm not going to work the typical 40 hours a week. Instead, I will do 32 hours a week. Okay, because I figured, you know, let me not, you know, let me not just, well, if, after all, if I, if, I, if I decide to quit here and now, what am I going to do when I'm staying at home, right? I'm going to be bored out of my mind. The, so they offered me, they said, okay, 32 hours a week will be considered full-time, or 32 hours a week is considered full-time in the United States with um, the benefits, health insurance, all that other stuff, uh, 401k and all that other stuff, okay, and uh, a lot of my friends were telling me, they were like, man, there is no way you're going to be able to do this, you can't go from that to that, you can't go from working for yourself to working for corporate, it's just not going to work, now bear in mind, I signed up uh, for a two-year contract with them, okay, because they were giving out these huge bonuses or whatever. So I'm like, ah, nah, two hours. I mean, two years, I can do it. And my wife, of course, she was encouraging me. You know, women when they see money, they will encourage you. <laughs> All you gotta do is show a woman a piece of paper that says, "Hey, this is what they're gonna give me if I sign up with them." And it doesn't matter what the task is. It could be, oh, they're going to drop you in the middle of a volcano, uh, blah, blah, blah. Your wife is going to be like, oh, well, you can do that, babe. You, yeah, you can. Let me see that paper again. Oh, yeah, that's a lot of zeros. Yeah, you can do that, babe. <laughs> so anyway, my wife is encouraging me, you know. She's telling me things like, you just got to take it one day at a time. You know, when you get in there, just do it one day at a time. Don't think of it as two years. Just think of it as one day at a time and all these other things, right? <laughs> so, of course, I'm also there like, yeah, yeah, you know what? Yeah, that's a good way of looking at it. Yeah, yeah, I can do this. And, um, but my friends were telling me, they were like, Psh bruh, there is no way, brother, man, you are going to hate it, you are going to, and in the back of my mind, I knew there was some validity, see, I was taking a little bit from both, I was, I was listening to the wifey, and I'm glad she was there giving me the support and the encouragement, but then again, I was also not going to be, um, act as if what my friends were saying to me didn't have some merit because I know how it is in my industry okay 
if you work for someone i know how it is it's very stressful it's very hectic it's fast paced and again it didn't help that i was coming from being an independent for so long you know i would have to my whole way of working would have to change i would have to conform now i'd have to answer to somebody and then i'd have to put up with with customers and their bullshit but anyway, I decided to still go along with it anyway. So as soon as, you know, I did the completion of the sale, everything was settled. I told the company, you know, give me about two weeks. I got to relax a little bit because I can't just jump back into working right away. Give me, give me about two weeks to relax. So those two weeks came during the, the Christmas break. Between Christmas and New Year's, you know, I had a little bit of time to myself to reflect you know and and do a whole bunch of um getting ready so that came uh and then i started working i started working first week first two weeks schedule is crazy right it's like this ridiculous schedule they throw me in this store where i'm being trained and um I, I, I mean, I could tell just two weeks into it, I could tell, man, I am going to hate this. <laughs> I am going to hate this. I could tell already. So that's when I was like, okay, let me just take wifey's advice. Let me do it. Let me just take it one day at a time and all that. Um, so I, I did it. I started working uh, after training for two weeks. They threw me into a store. And the store that they threw me into, let me tell you, that is not a store for beginners, okay? That is a store for hardcore veterans, all right? Now, I'm a veteran in the industry. I am just not a veteran with this company. So, you know, there was the, the learning curve was still there. I, I was still learning a lot of things. And in all honesty, this company didn't really have their systems. The systems that they have in place are not the greatest, okay? You don't get a lot of support, okay? You don't get a lot of support from corporate. The best support you can get is from a fellow co-worker. And when you're on the job in a busy store, okay now that that is not the time to be trying to figure stuff out but again that is where me being a veteran that's where the experience kicks in if you're a veteran there are certain things you pick up along the way it doesn't matter where they put you you can find your way around things um or you can just bullshit your way through stuff so i did that i did that for about january february march april Come like around March, I could just feel that, you know, my body was just, I was just so tired. I was starting to get fatigued. And that is when it dawned on me. That is when it dawned on me that, bruh, you ain't no spring chicken anymore, man. You are not a spring chicken anymore. And I realized, you know, everything started to come together for me in terms of all the major decisions that I had made. Finally, it dawned on me, you know what, it was a good idea for me to sell my store. It was a good idea that I, you know, because initially the plan was I was going to sell the store, take about six months off, like a sabbatical of sorts, okay, and just stay at home, do absolutely nothing, absolutely nothing, because you need that every now and then if you can afford to at my age.
If you're young, you're 30, you're 31, 32, you don't need that. You're still young. You have to take advantage of your youthfulness and the energy that comes with it. But when you start to get to the middle ages, like me, you're in mid-age, okay, you're in your midlife, and you have so much responsibilities, every now and then it's good to just walk away. For, for a few months if you can afford it the problem is most people can't afford to do that most people are not in the financial position to, to walk away for a while right if you have kids you got school fees you got a mortgage and stuff most people aren't able to do that me because of the sale of my assets you know I was able to do that but even then I tell people you know it wasn't that I was sitting on piles of money to the point where I would say I would never return to work. Okay, what I could afford to do is take a few months off, but eventually I would have to come back to work. I, I didn't have retirement money yet. Certainly not retirement at 45 money yet, right? I would have to work a few more years. And so that was the rationale behind me accepting uh, the offer for employment when the company gave that to me when the company offered it to me okay because I figured you know I, I could still work make a little bit of money and um, it was a good place to be in financially if I could if I could maintain employment with these guys until I finally actually started work to work and I realized that the work was taking a toll on me so at that point I had to make a decision and come April, I told my wife, I said, you know what, this isn't working out. I have to walk away. Or at least I have to cut back my hours again. I can't do full time anymore. I have to do per diem. You understand? I can do per diem, but I can't do full time. I just cannot do it. And there were a couple of things I was dealing with at the workplace, which comes with working in the corporate setting, which I didn't feel like dealing with, you know, the internal politics, people gossiping, people talking behind your back and all that stuff and employees bickering, co-workers bickering at each other and all that stuff. And I, I, I didn't have time for all that. I didn't. I really didn't. So in April, I made the monumental decision to send an email to my supervisor and stuff. I was like, hey, look here, bro. Uh, I got to go. I cannot do this anymore. I got to go. I gave them my two weeks. And of course, they were all, oh, man, we, we hate to see you going from full time to I'm like, yeah, 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 whatever. So come May, I had taken uh, I had taken those uh, corporate shackles off my feet. And um, let me tell you, being per diem is one of the greatest things that I could have envisioned. I mean, like to you, you know. Today, for instance, I'm, I'm sitting at home and I'm able to make this episode because I have some time on my hands, okay? So, that was that. That was a recap of last year coming into this year, all the things that I was dealing with and all the things that I had to do. So, you guys finally kind of get the big picture, okay? You get the big picture of where I am in life right now, um... And why I, you know, I had been gone for so long. One day I will make an episode about all the things that I had to deal with at the workplace. 
in the corporate setting. Um, I alluded to the fact that I still work per diem, which is that basically means I work when I want to. Okay. They give me a list of days or every now and then I might get like an impromptu phone call or a text message. Hey, uh, can you go work at this store because so-and-so called out or whatever? I can look at it hmm, and then look at my schedule and then I can say, alright, alright, I'll, I'll, I'll help you guys out. Or I can be like, you know what, nah, I don't feel like it. You know, I got stuff to do. I got to take my daughter to ballet. And if I don't take her to ballet, she's going to bite my head off. And I don't, I don't feel like getting my head bitten off. You understand? So, um, yeah. So it's great. Anyway, let's take a quick musical break again. When we come back, um, then I'll tell you about our trip to Nigeria and everything that came with that. Okay, so don't go nowhere. Don't change that channel. I will be right back. to Nigeria from Atlanta and um, it was a 12-hour flight that's the longest I've ever been on an aircraft because usually um, usually when I'm going to Ghana you know usually when we're going down there uh, it's from JFK and it's usually a 10-hour flight now I know some people might say, oh, well, it's only two hours. What's the difference? Trust me, it, two hours makes a big difference, okay? When you're on an airplane, huh? when you're on an airplane, an hour makes a big difference, okay? Especially if, if you're not in first class. If you're not in first class, an hour makes a big difference. So we weren't in first class. We were... Um, we were in uh, we were in what they call comfort plus which is kind of behind first class okay so last year when we went to Ghana and we're coming back we're in first class and you know that was all nice we're in, they call it Delta one um, so you know it was all nice the kids and the wife had been spoiled by it that was my second time um, but this year we couldn't because the prices were just 
astronomical. Okay, I, I mean, we were looking up if we all decided to be in first class. I think I think we we're looking at like twenty thousand dollars, twenty thousand dollars. Yeah, um, or maybe even more because I think it was yeah, it was uh, probably maybe between four and five thousand dollars per passenger. And there was five of us. Yeah, at least, at least $20,000. Okay. And it was like, if it was just me, I mean, sure, why not? But it was five of us. And uh, and you can't split up. You know, my wife and I could probably go into first class and have the kids in the economy. But they were too young to leave by themselves in the economy. If they were all teenagers, we the thirteen year old we could leave in the economy. But you know, the the nine and the seven year old you can't leave in the economy by themselves. You know, they, they need an adult. Um, but you know, if they were all teenagers, that's probably what we would we would have done. As soon as we got on the plane, my wife and I would turn to the left, and they would have to turn to the right. <laughs> but. You know, it's it's one of those things we're like, okay, we're all gonna, we're not gonna, I'm not gonna let them all go into the zoo, which is all the way in the back, which is economy, but we're not gonna be all the way in the front either. So the happy medium was Comfort Plus. So we were all in Comfort Plus, and if there is one thing that you know I learned, or if there was one takeaway for me, it's that. Fuck Comfort Plus, okay? The next time we decide to travel again, the next time we decided to travel, I have, I have, I have, I, I, I have made up my mind that I'm gonna take it upon myself, even if it means I have to work a whole week extra just to make enough money to cap it so that we can all be in first class. That's what I'm going to do. Okay, that is that was the takeaway for me from this trip because I, I just noticed I, I realized you know flying in itself is stressful as it is flying in itself is stressful as it is why make it even more stressful you understand because even though the comfort plus was okay it was just I was looking at my kids and you could tell it was kind of rough on the kids um well my baby girl was okay the middle one was kind of like um the middle one was miserable gabriel was miserable and and the oldest was the oldest was he 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 was kind of like in between you know but i say all that to say my wife and i just took one look at the kids we looked at ourselves and we were like you know what the next time we all decide to fly again, it's either first class or nothing at all. But in order to do that, you have to plan for it. You have to plan for it. So the next time we fly, that's that's what we you know um, we plan on doing. I know that's what I have in mind. You know, if we know we're we're in 2023 right now, if we know that 2024 we're going to fly and you know we we figure out what the first class is going to be and we know for a fact that that is what we do want to fly in 
okay and it's going to be twenty thousand dollars versus if we fly comfort plus it is fifteen thousand dollars well then we just got to come up with the extra five thousand and once you have a set uh, amount in mind then you know okay so i work 30 hours a week or whatever i just need to tweak it up or pick one particular month where i work extra to make up that five thousand dollars put it somewhere and and then you can have your peace of mind knowing that you've saved up for that extra and then you don't mind paying for it you understand so because it it, it is worth it it is worth every penny the difference that flying in first class the difference between flying in first class and flying even just a, a level below first class makes you, you'll be astounded okay especially on a flight that's at least 10 hours long short flights who cares but once you start getting into the eight hours nine hours ten hours twelve hours uh no if you can't stretch out and, and lie down it's not it's not worth it it's not worth it um but that so that was one big takeaway for me but anyway let me get back to the story so we took off we took off in atlanta and we left Atlanta in the afternoon. I think we left like around 4 p.m. And, and you know, Delta has a really impressive um, hub in Atlanta. First of all, Jackson Hartsfield Airport in Atlanta is nice. I really liked it. It's nice. It's big. It's one of those. It's so big. You know, if you're going from Terminal A or Gate A to Gate B, the different concourses, you can't even, you could walk, but it'll take you a while. You can take the train okay and it was nice you know um so we're looking at you know all these big delta planes this is before we took off you know we're taking in our surroundings and you see all these big delta planes taking off um speaking of big planes an airline that i noticed had really big planes was ethiopian Okay, Ethiopian, I, I didn't see any small Ethiopian aircraft. They were all really big planes. Um, and uh, I was impressed. I was like, oh, Ethiopian. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually thinking about using them the next time I go down there to Ghana, inshallah. I've heard their services is nice. I've heard the flight attendants are beautiful. But then again, I guess that goes without saying. They're Ethiopian. You understand and uh, and I've heard that you, you they're more spacious so um, my my love affair with Delta might be coming to an end uh, and besides Delta has been fucking up lately okay they've been using some really old aircraft to fly to Ghana even though the Ghanaian authorities have told them not to use such old planes They've been they, they keep flying these old planes to Ghana and because the Ghanaian government is toothless, the Ghanaian government can't enforce um, what they've told them. The Ghanaian government can't enforce that Delta upgrades the fleet that it brings to Ghana. And the, the planes are so bad, one had a mechanic some kind of uh, failure uh, in the oxygen systems. Um, a while a couple weeks ago and they had to land on some island in the middle of the ocean 
So Delta needs to take this thing very seriously. Because if they don't, they will start losing customers left and right. You can't compromise passenger safety just for profits. You can't do that. But it goes to show you, you know, when 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 these Western uh, com- corporations are dealing with Africans, because they know Africans have no leverage, and a lot of times Africans don't have, uh, you know, respect for themselves, you know, because think about it. If we did have respect for ourselves, and if our government had any respect for us, the government would enforce that Delta doesn't bring such old airlines. The government would enforce it. But the government the government doesn't have respect for us, the citizens. Uh, and, and, and the government doesn't have that leverage that it can, it can use over Delta and say, please do not use such old aircraft. Okay, and so Delta does what Delta wants. But anyway, let me get back to the story. So we left uh, Jackson Hartsfield Airport in Atlanta. Got on that plane, 12 hours. We finally, and you know, right before, and for me, whenever I fly into Africa, the, the best part for me is waking up after the, the night okay waking up in the morning you wake up in the morning when you're about maybe four hours away from landing and that's always right around when the plane you know on the gps the plane gps you see that you're actually starting to the nose of the plane is starting to touch the tip of the of the continent and i always i like that feeling because you open the windows and you all you open the blinds and you see the sun you can tell the sun is coming up the sun is rising and you give it like maybe another half hour you look down and you can actually start to see land mass again and that's when you know okay i'm almost there and those for some reason those three and a half hours or those four hours from the time you see that to when you actually land always seems to be like it's six hours for some reason it's like god why have we been flying for so long? I thought it was only four hours. It feels like we've been flying for 10. Can we land already? But anyway, so I like that feeling. Um, so, you know, we, we finally get to Nigeria and we landed and it was hot, boy. Boy, it was hot, you know. But we landed and we were immediately ushered into the arrival hall the international arrival hall at Muritala Muhammad Airport <sighs> Nigeria to my, my Nigerian in-laws and any listeners from Nigeria let me just say this man no offense to you guys man but, but Nigeria can do better seriously Nigeria can do better when it comes to when it comes to an international airport and Muritala being the oldest and basically the main international airport in Nigeria, the one that receives the bulk of incoming international flights and visitors and guests, that thing that you guys have there as an arrival hall, an arrival terminal for international flights, that thing is a disgrace. It is a disgrace. We landed. We went into the arrival hall. 
and of course you know when you get into the arrival hall you gotta have your passports ready those of you who fly you know what i'm talking about you gotta have your passports ready and all that stuff we land everything is just chaotic people everywhere okay just people everywhere it, it seemed like it was like ten thousand of us in that arrival hall we get in there we, and the one thing that you know you know you're coming from the outside and you're thinking okay oh as soon as i get into the building there'll be some reprieve from this heat okay and you get into the building and you realize it's even hotter inside the building <laughs> because the air conditions don't work I just got off a 12-hour flight which was air-conditioned to walk into a building and the building doesn't have air conditioning in it and you have all these people first of all it was a small oh, Jesus Christ the arrival hall was small for a place that is taking in all these passengers from all these planes that are landing it was a very small arrival hall okay which so basically the first thing they need to do is expand it they need to expand it and at least put some air conditioners in there so we get in there it is hot we immediately start sweating and it's like everybody's trying to you know you have all these people who you don't really know what their role is at the airport but they're just there because you know they're like ancillary staff so we found these two gentlemen they helped us you know get all our bags off the conveyor belt they went and got a dolly and came and put all the the bags on there um first of all we're trying to find all the bags you know because it was five of us we had a total of 10 bags okay so we had a lot of stuff so we found the dolly they put everything on there we're doing this all this in the heat man i'm telling you it was uh, 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 oh my god i can't even begin to it was stifling hot but we finally got all the bags together and then the guy the one guy pulls me to the side and he's like listen so the next place we need to go is we need to go through uh we're gonna have to we're gonna go through um wait where had we already gone through oh yeah even before we got to that when we landed I think we went through immigration first yeah we went through immigration and immigration was you had to fill out these cards the arrival cards okay you filled out these cards they do the same thing in Ghana too I don't know what the point is I really don't know what the point is but it is what it is you fill out these cards they made us fill out these cards in this tiny ass enclosure and everything was just chaotic it was just like everybody was doing what they wanted to do there was no rhyme or reason the way things were being done okay you filled out the we filled out the cards and for all i'm you know for all i know i'm telling you you could have written whatever you wanted on those cards you could have written that your name was humpty humpty dumpty and that you were going to stay at uh on gilligan's island while you were in nigeria and i guarantee you those immigration officers that were at the the checkpoint that were looking through the passports and stamping and they weren't reading those forms that we filled out they really weren't you could have written you could have literally written i'm carrying a bomb on me and they would have just still stamped your passport because they weren't reading them shits 
You figure the plane just landed has 200 passengers on it. That's 200 passports. All with these forms filled out. In this stifling heat. Okay. And as, I, as we're talking, there are more planes landed. So there's a backlog. Okay. Those immigration officers weren't reading whatever we wrote on them uh, forms. It's just a, a crock of shit. An unnecessary uh, uh, requirement. But anyway, so we went through immigration. They got our passports and, you know, put all the stamps in it. And I'm miserable. My wife is miserable. The kids are miserable because it's so hot. It was just the heat. The heat couldn't make you think. Okay. So we, we went through immigration. I, I can, we went through a few, you know, there was one main one. I know we went through that. And then finally we got to the place where we could go grab the bags. And that's when the two men came and assisted us. So right before we left that part of the airport. So the one guy pulled me to the side and he was like, you know, uh, so the next place we're going to. And especially since we have to go through this, since you guys have so many bags, is you see that big guy standing over there? He was referring to a, a customs guy. Okay? He was like, if you don't want this guy to go through your bags and all that stuff, just give him like $50 or something. And, you know, I didn't even argue with him because as much as my balls were sweating at that point in time i just and you know we had the kids and you could tell they were hungry we all just wanted to get out of this this hot ass building i was like okay fine i already know the deal you know so i gave him the 50 dollars, and he went and gave it to the guy the guy comes over he's all smiling he's looking at the kids hey how are you children how are you welcome welcome how are you and the kids are high, you know, we're good and all that stuff. And he's smiling. And I know he wasn't smiling because he was happy to see us. He was just smiling because he just got $50. Which is more than the $50 that we gave him was probably how much he gets paid for in a week. But what are you going to do? Either you give him the $50 or he pulls you to the side and goes through all your rummage through all your luggage and you get to stand in that stifling heat for another hour and i wasn't i wasn't trying to spend another 10 minutes in that building i just wanted to be gone and i think that the reason why there's no air conditioning in that part of the building is they it was probably by it was probably done on on purpose because they they themselves they're in that building all the time they're used to the heat okay they're used to the heat but those of us that are coming from outside especially if you just came out of the air conditioning and you go into that heat you just want to get the fuck out so you will pay whatever you you need to pay besides you just landed you still have a lot of money you'll pay whatever it is you need to pay just so you can get out so that thing is it's it's, it's by design there's a reason why there's no air conditioning in, in that part of the in that section of the building but anyway so we paid you know then the guys they helped us wheel the dolly through uh, all the way to the 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 outside you know of the building and we gave them i think we gave them twenty dollars to split between the two of them and the whole time we're going through the airport making our way to you know to the outside 
you keep running into everybody everybody you run into hey or got something small or hey or got something small or guy basically means hey boss right they all got something small now or got something small now something small being hey can you can you know can you let a nigga hold something can i hold a little something some can i hold a little something some you know everybody must have passed about 10 people all of them can i hold a little something some can i hold a little something some and if this is your first time going and you don't know the culture you don't know that this is what this you know this is how it's going to be you probably be giving everybody money because you're like oh man look at that they want a little some some but you know if you're already from there and you you're you're an avid traveler you already know how it is you just pay them no mind so that's what we did after breaking this motherfucker the first guy off 50 dollars and these two guys who helped us you know just land and i had already spent 70 dollars i wasn't planning on spending any more money so we, we we got out of the building and there was a lady who came to meet us she's like a travel agent chauffeur concierge type of thing she has this little company that's what she does down there um she was the one who helped us get a hotel and all that stuff so she was there to meet us and but we had to walk a distance to go meet her so we got out of the airport and i'm telling you it was actually cooler outside than in the building so we were just happy to be out and we called her and she said oh she was somewhere so we had to walk and come meet her and the whole time we're walking to go meet her again we're still running into people okay you had all these people they were offering taxi cab services oh do you want a taxi do you want a taxi do you want a taxi you know it's on it's a it's an airport so understandably there'll be people there there'll be taxi cabs over there but what i found interesting was the fact that i kept telling them no as you can see i'm with someone no as you can see we're with someone they would still ask you it's like which part of don't you see i'm with the person who's taking me to a cab don't you see that but it goes to show you just how desperate people are to find work if you're if you if you don't hustle and you didn't do what you had to do to get a little bit of money into your pocket a whole day would be wasted and if you wasted a whole day you probably would go to bed without eating so for them it is a must that they they get some passengers and so everyone has to be as aggressive as they can because it's 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 a survival thing at that point so we finally got the lady and you know we greeted her you know she was more my wife is the one who established contact with her um through a cousin of my wife's big shout out to you stan um so we got there we met her and she took us she brought the van over and we started loading the van with our items our luggage and then we got in the van and then now we had to get out of the airport and uh, go to our hotel so first impressions my 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 initial impression of lagos when we got there i was a little disappointed i was a little disappointed my first impressions of lagos and I, again the last time i was late i was in lagos was about 10 years ago we didn't spend much time outside of the airport when i when we were there 10 years ago okay 
we landed there from Ghana and we were in the airport we didn't have to get out of the airport we were within the airport we took a short cab ride from the airport from the main airport to the domestic part of the airport so we didn't get to see much okay um and then when i had to when we came back to ghana we came at night so again didn't get to see much but today or on this trip since we arrived at what time was it i think it had to be like around 2 p.m when we landed in lagos we had and we got out of the airport got into a van we got we we had the chance to see everything so you could see everything so my initial impression of lagos comparing it to when i was growing up there as a child my impression of lagos lagos looked old to me lagos looked very old to me it looked it looked old and run down okay um my expectations of lagos when i was coming when i was traveling there and my expectations of lagos uh, that i had had in my mind all these years growing up and me saying i can't wait to go back to lagos as a as an adult hmm? because let me see i left lagos when i was about 10 years old and now here i was going back at 45 i had 35 years of expectations okay 35 years worth of expectations of what the place would look like what it would feel like what it would sound like it sounded the way i thought it would sound it smelled the way i thought it would smell it felt the way i thought it would feel but it didn't look the way i expected it to look okay it lo again it looked old it looked run down and i was very disappointed i figured maybe it's because you know i figured maybe it was because of where we were but then again that makes the case worse because here we were usually the areas around an airport are supposed to be nice I'll be right back y'all all right so back to the story so so yes again so my expectations were totally uh, totally shattered I don't know what I was expecting you know I don't know what I was expecting perhaps I was I was expecting to hear some afro beats playing in the airport as we made our way through you know uh, or maybe I don't know. I was expecting to to walk into a city that was just packed with people in a festive mood or something. I don't know. I don't know because in my mind I was I was juxtaposing all the Afrobeat videos that music videos that I see that feature you know prominently um, Nigerian artists. You know, Davido and Burn Up Boy, and because that has that Afrobeat is sort of like what has become the the pulse of Nigeria, the pulse of Africa, uh, with Nigeria at the forefront, right? So, whenever you think about the continent or being on the continent, it, it, it invokes all these feelings of like 
you know, festivities and music and dancing and people just having a good time. But you see, that is what social media does to the mind. This is one of the dangers of social media. This is what watching YouTube and watching influencers and, you know, uh, all these people who tend to travel, all these travel vlogs on YouTube and whatnot. This is what it does. Okay? All the visuals you've come to expect from watching your favorite podcaster, you know, especially the ones who are like Woody Maya and, and the rest of them who, you know, they've done such a remarkable job of putting the continent on the map right and showcasing the continent and all the best things the continent has to offer with such spectacular visuals and graphics and you know between that and the, and the afro beats and so when you think of africa now as opposed to 20 years ago it is not this downtrodden place or you don't get images of this downtrodden place abject hunger and poverty and you know just a mess like disease and malnutrition and that's not what you think okay when you're going down there in your mind you you're expecting to see you you want to see exactly what you saw on youtube now for someone who travels there consistently but of course i usually go to ghana i don't go anywhere else I mean, I know the YouTube version is kind of... The YouTube version, think of it as, a, you know, women go on, on the internet these days and when they take pictures, they put filters on and the filters add all these... The filters the filters minimize their flaws, and, but then enhances their beauty. That is what when you're watching a video about a place on YouTube or on any type of social media Instagram or whatever a lot of these photos and videos have been edited so you get stunning visuals you get that is what your brain if you keep watching them over and over and over again that is what your mind gets used to that is what your brain is expecting but the reality is it's not like that okay so and I am aware of that okay I'm aware of that but even me being aware of that traveling to nigeria again after being away from there in such a long time even it threw me off guard i hope you guys understand what i'm saying so i landed in nigeria and i had all these expectations of nigeria you know oh you know it's nigeria you know and we're in lagos we're in fucking lagos you know i was expecting i don't know oh look that's whiskey driving by oh look that's the vito's helicopter taking off and no instead we landed it was a hot ass room made our way outside and it was just wall to wall people just standing there with that hungry look in their eyes and i'm like this doesn't look anything like in the videos where are all the beautiful dancing women where are all the models that i saw in the bugalo video where are all the where are where are davido's backup dancers and all the people he has on stage where's his entourage to welcome me and and you know treat me like the vip that i am <laughs> 
Instead, I am greeted to the sight of dusty roads and, you know, uncovered uh, uh, gutters and just people just standing, looking like they're just standing there aimlessly, looking for job, looking for money, looking for any way to survive. The two pictures didn't reconcile in my mind at all, but I had to get over that quickly. But I still had hope. I still had hope because, again, we were around the airport. We were about to make our way to our first hotel because we lived in, we, we stayed at two different hotels while we were down there. And I knew eventually we would make our way to Victoria Island. Victoria Island. Even the name sounds great. And I know as a child when I was growing up in Nigeria, Victoria Island was an affluent neighborhood. Victoria Island was a, was an affluent suburb, okay? It was back then in the 80s and in the early 90s. It was Victoria Island. It was Ikoyi. Those two places, Victoria Island and Ikoyi and even Ikeja to a large extent, these were like the, you know, the, that's where the who's who of Nigeria um, lived. That's where they lived. Victoria Island, Ikoyi, and Ikeja. Um, I can't remember any other names, but these three I remember. Okay? If someone said they lived on Victoria Island, you're like, oh, oh, okay, you, oh, okay, you, you balling, huh? You, you, okay, you got, you got some paper, huh? Okay, you got some oil money, huh? You understand? So, but, um, so I was like, okay, we're, we're around the airport, and even though, for a neighborhood around the airport, it looks a little cruddy. Uh, at some point, I'm not gonna. We're not gonna be here indefinitely. We're gonna go, you know, head over to Victoria Island because that's where we stayed. The bulk of our stay was in Victoria Island at the Sheraton. Okay, the the Four Seasons by Sheraton. So I was looking forward to that. I'm like, okay, we'll just be here for a day or two, and then we'll make our way to our, you know. So I'm not gonna let it get me down. I ain't even going to worry about it. I'm not going to stress about it. Whatever. It is what it is. So we start making our way um, to to the air, to the um, the hotel by the airport. So the plan was that we're going to stay by the airport for that night. And then the following day, we were going to fly into Emo State. Because that's where my wife's people are from. Okay? We're going to fly into Emo State. So... So we're making our way to our hotel and um, again we're, we're passing all these other hotels and like I said anybody who has ever lived around airports or, or an international airports for that matter and not necessarily been to the hotels but you've lived around them or you've passed an airport you notice they all there's a tendency to put place really nice hotels by airports okay because it's a necessity so we power passing all these airports and in my mind I'm expecting just like we have in Ghana I'm expecting to see all the fancy names right the Sheratons the Hiltons the Holiday Inns the Marriott's the Westons okay the because why it's the airport area and two, this is Nigeria. Okay, this is Lagos. Okay, 
So I'm expecting big shit. I'm expecting, you know, I'm I'm, I'm expecting to see. Oh, okay. Well, I, I see. I see that Western over there. I see that Marriott over there. That looks good, you know. But instead, what we did, what we ended up passing, were there were all these hotels, these generic hotels. Some of them had names of hotels in Ghana, but so for instance, a very good example, they had. Um, they had uh, did they have a gold was it a golden tulip yeah i think they had a yeah i saw a golden tulip nigeria version and the, there's a golden tulip ghana version we've been there 10 years ago when we went to ghana we stayed at the golden tulip um in accra ghana and it was nice but the golden tulip here in nigeria we're driving past it and i'm looking at it, i'm like is it, okay is, is it the same owners is it the same franchise it has to be right i mean it's the same name but it didn't look inviting it didn't look like this is a place i would want to spend the night like it didn't there was just something about the exterior facade that just was like man this is this is really not this this is not really up to standards at all and then we passed all these other hotels with fancy they all had like really fancy fancy names right you know royal view hotel and and international watch much what whatever and the blah 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 international hotel and we're passing them but these buildings all look like they they didn't have the aura or the feel of a, of the hotel or the hospitality um, establishment that has like you know a brand that is is known worldwide or one that you 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 know or you've heard of or whenever you think hotels that's just what comes to mind okay and we have we have those in Ghana too you have hotels that are built by private individuals okay and they're not part of a larger group but still they look nice like you know they don't look they don't look too fancy but they don't look shabby either like the ones i was seeing on my way to our hotel and and it, again the thing that for me and i know you guys are probably sick and tired of me saying it but the thing that for me rubbed me wrong was the fact that these were all within the airport so you know i'm like airports the hotels around airports usually are nice i don't know what this shit is <laughs> so we so i'm thinking okay our hotel better be nice i mean what was the name of it again i think it was called royal view or something i'm like okay royal view you yeah, know it better be nice so the neighborhood in the airport we're driving and the, the roads are dusty and you know i'm like man so we finally we finally get to our hotel um we we take a what was it uh we take a turn off the main road onto a side road and it's just people everywhere okadas everywhere these little uh, uh vans that are used for for transportation public transportation all over the place just people on top of people cars on top of cars just hustling bustling you know energy lagos city of 20 million souls then we made our turn into our into our hotel and i got out and i'm looking at the hotel and i'm like okay well i mean whatever it ain't the sheraton right 
so i was like okay it's okay we'll, we'll take this at least we're only gonna be here for a night or so so then uh they we we had we checked in <clears throat> now can you believe this this was a four-story building they didn't have an elevator so the guys that work in the hotel that help you the porters help you carry your, your luggage upstairs they had to and i told you we had 10 bags filled with stuff some of them were heavy some of them were light but these poor guys had to grab these bags haul them up a couple flights of stairs <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why put it an elevator when you just have some people that will lift? <laughs> why spend money on an elevator when you have you have uh, human beings over there, right? <laughs> oh man! So. You know, and they're, 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 yeah, but I mean, they were young, capable, able-bodied men. You know, this is what they did. You know, they were they were hotel staff. They had to, in addition to them making sure that your room was clean and everything was up to date, they also had to grab your luggage and haul it up a flight of stairs. And so, it took three of them to grab our stuff, make it up the steps. And uh, we finally were checked in. We went into our room. Our room was nice. And it was we were on the very top floor. We were on the very top floor. But what I liked about the view from our hotel balcony was you could see the, the um you could see the runway. You could see yeah, you could see the the, um, the airport's runway. So I was like, okay, well, airport view hotel. No no ours was Royal View Hotel. We did pass one called Airport View Hotel, but um the view from our balcony was nice you know and i had my trusty binoculars with me because i take my binoculars with me every time i travel down there you know you never know when uh you know you're gonna have to see something happening in the distance and you want to see what's going on up front without actually being there so i had my binoculars with me i did some plane spotting you know while i was up there i couldn't even do it for too long because it was just so hot outside and you know the generator was humming the whole time we were there just humming because if you know nigeria you know that the national electric grid basically doesn't exist okay there is no electricity in nigeria uh well they do have electricity but it's it might as well they might as well not have electricity okay everywhere you go is generators humming all day all night just working 24 7 just to keep the houses powered because you can't rely on the uh, on the national grid so there was a big ass generator it looked like a diesel generator it was down there you could see it and every now and then you'd see someone coming in i don't know with chugging uh, gasoline into it or whatever that generator you knew was just oof. if that generator could talk it would be like please kill me please kill me these motherfuckers is working me to death boy 
So we checked in. We were there. We ordered some food. Um, food was all right. Some night the kids wanted what Nigerian jollof, which Nigerian jollof versus Ghana jollof. Again, I hate to say it to my Nigerian in-laws, but there is no competition right there. Ghana jollof beats Nigeria jollof hands down. Nigeria jollof versus Ghana jollof is kind of like um, it's uh, it's like it's like putting two boxes from from different weight categories into the ring. It's it's like telling Mike Tyson to fight Floyd Mayweather, telling uh, Muhammad Ali in his prime to fight Oscar De La Hoya. It, it's just Ghana jollof beats Nigeria jollof hands down. I'm uh, that's you know. Thankfully for me, thankfully, my wife is able to make a, a, a hybrid of both. Okay, she's able to. She, my wife has perfected this thing where she's able to make the jollof, and it's kind of like a mixture of both Nigerian and Ghanaian influences. Now, when she's pissed off at me, it'll taste mostly Nigerian. Okay, like if for some reason I've done something to her and she's pissed off and she makes the jollof, it'll taste mostly Nigerian. But if she, you know we're on good terms and you know maybe I gave her some good loving a couple times the week before and she's just smiling all around the house and the jollof would taste more like the Ghanaian version you understand what I'm saying so uh, yeah but the one that we were eating in the hotel straight up pure Nigerian jollof man straight up so we had that and I can't remember what the kids the kids had that I don't can't remember I think my wife had supers I don't know I don't even remember man and that was um, our first day in Nigeria so we landed um and we were tired we were starting to jet lag but we were excited at the same time you know we were happy that we were there we we're about to you know enjoy nigeria in all its glory just take it in go see the family and um so a few comments about the hotel that we were in again like i said this wasn't no fucking five-star hotel this was more like a three-star hotel right three-star hotel if you ask them but if you ask me it was like more like a two okay um so <laughs> the bathroom right we went to go use the bathroom the bathroom you know the the shower the stall and it was just leaking all over the place and that is something i have noticed about some of these airbnbs and hotels that i've stayed in uh while in ghana uh, mostly in ghana uh, but I noticed it now in Nigeria too. You guys, those of you who take it upon yourselves to go into the hospitality business and build hotels and guest rooms and stuff like that, please do something about your bathrooms. Please use real masons and real designers to design your bathrooms, okay? Because you're going just about every time. If if it's not, if I'm not in a real hotel, like a, a four or a five star hotel, and I decide to take a shower, the shower stall always, always leaks. And this hotel in particular, you could tell the owner was cheap, right? So he used some cheap labor. So you can tell the lot that the the tiles are not aligned properly, okay? Because they whoever was putting them on, he wasn't even paying attention. They didn't even use the laser thing to line up the tiles perfectly. They just, just they were just slapping the tiles on, and he had the nerve 
they had the nerve to have one of those fancy shower heads you know one of those continuous shower heads that is like um it has it can shoot though it has it has the the thing the nozzle the, the shower head that can you know um shoot the water down on you like rain but then he also has the one that's on the wall that can shoot the water at you on your torso okay and then it is combined with one of those um snake snake like uh shower heads that you can take out and so they had one of them slapped on the wall now those things if you buy a good quality one and it's installed properly they make your showering experience a very pleasurable one you can get water the water can fall on you like a rain while some is massaging you on this from the sides like it's it's supposed to be an enjoyable experience this hotel that we were in on the other hand again the whole shit wasn't installed properly so the water was we, we could only use one shower head we could only use one shower head because the other ones weren't working properly they were they were they weren't even mounted straight they were tilted and the fool who installed it had the nerve to point the shower head at the door okay so you're showering not only is the is the the stall leaking on the sides and i'm not talking about just small leaks i mean the water was just leaking and the shower head because it was pointed at the door and there was no way for you to 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 maneuver it just kept spraying water at the door if my body wasn't catching it it was spraying water at the door and so there was water leaking from the door too <laughs> that's africa for you baby <laughs> oh man but you know so there was that and then what was else was there about the about our hotel room um the room was relatively nice i guess we got the quote-unquote platinum package or whatever you know we were very high up on the floor um, on the building we could see the airport and the runway you know um, of course it, it was air-conditioned and another thing too that I have again I, I always say I'll talk about whenever you travel down to Africa whether it's Ghana Nigeria again I haven't been to other countries so I can't speak for them but I'm sure it's probably the same Whenever you go into the, the, the hotels, now if you live there all the time, you won't notice it. But those of us that come down, we know we immediately notice it, right? The it's the humidity, right? The the humidity actually has a scent to it. Okay, so you can you can tell you're smelling the tropics. Okay? It's not a bad smell, it's just that it's a smell that's there and you immediately associate it with the humidity. Okay, so if you walk into if you walk into a hotel or someone's dwelling that's not um, that doesn't have very good climate control, you will smell it. If you go to hotels that are you know plush and posh and 
the their 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 climate control is working efficiently you won't smell it because it is sucking up all that humidity the humidity doesn't even have the moisture doesn't have a chance to stay or linger okay it is the moisture that gives that that smell that i'm talking about and but that smell that's what makes you realize that you are in africa now you have arrived you are there on the continent right that is that is that is how you know that smell hits you you like yes i have arrived i have arrived Mbutu. we are here we are here we have made it we made it <laughs> so that was that for the first day uh so we ate <clears throat> we took our showers and um we had to go to bed early that night because very our, our flight the following morning was at seven seven o'clock we had to leave lagos to go to emo state and um because of the traffic in lagos so the lady told us that she would come and pick us up by six no later by six we had to be ready you understand oh no no wait wait no 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 we had to wake up at five and get ready because she would pick us up by 5 30 because we had to be at the airport by six that's what it was yes so we had to wake up at five she would pick us up by 5 30 5 35 fish no later no later than that because we had to be at the airport uh, and we had to leave early so that you know even though there wasn't much traffic around that time but you never know you never know with nigeria lagos you know you never know okay some tractor trailer could have a decide to have an accident that morning and you would miss your flight because it would take i don't know 10 hours just to clear it out of the room. so we we had to you know so we went to bed we woke up the following morning at five had breakfast i can't even remember what we ate yo because this hotel wasn't one of those that served breakfast you know um but i think the wifey had some snacks or we put something together and um we made we made it to the airport the lady was downstairs waiting for us went to the airport as soon as we get to the airport it's again the chaos is there right and everybody's like i guess we were running late i guess so we get to the airport and the the airport uh the workers that are checking us in they're like they're scanning the passport they're looking at it and, and i'm sitting there the whole time the way they're doing things i'm like man they better not go slap the wrong uh baggage tag on the you know someone else's baggage and because I, I don't feel like losing any of my luggage i really don't because the way they were doing things it just looked so haphazardly right it just looked so they, they were doing things so haphazardly because everything was you know there was a time crunch here and i'm sitting there I'm like why oh my god why is it so disorganized over here you had people stand everybody directing one person would direct you to another person would direct you to another person it's like why all why this many people you are part of the problem you are part of the congestion here but anyway so we slowly made our well not slowly we quickly made our way through the airport 
Um, and then we finally got to a place where there was a, a bus was supposed to, a shuttle was supposed to come take us to the plane. That shuttle had already left. But thankfully, there was this older guy. He was driving this car slowly past. It was an airport car. You know, you know how you go to the airport. There are always these cars driving around, and you know, I don't know what they're doing exactly. Some of them might have lights and sirens, and so there was one of those. We flagged one of those down. It was driven by this older gentleman. So we get in. And he's like, "Where are you going? Which which airline?" We're like, "Peace, Peace Air," and he's like. Okay, it's, it's about to leave. Can we hurry? And he was like, he's the one who was like, okay, calm down, calm down. Everybody just calm down. Calm down. And there was something so soothing about the way he told us to calm down. It was so reassuring. You could tell he had experience. He was like, oh, I see this all the time. You guys think you're going to miss your flight. But trust me, everything is under control. Everything is under fucking control. Just calm down just sit in and i'll drive that's the airplane that, that's the plane right there you can see right there it ain't it ain't going nowhere this is this is africa we don't do anything on time just calm down so we all calmed down and he drove us it was only like maybe 50 yards away mm, and we were right there and we said goodbye and thanked him and we climbed on board and it's it's nice to climb the plane from outside and not have to go through the, the tunnel thing, you know, because you can see it. So this is the aircraft that's taking me, huh? I can see the pilots, some two white dudes over there in the front of the craft, you know. And I'm like, whenever I see those guys, the white pilots that pilot most of the, the planes down there in Africa, I always think, hmm, I wonder if... Uh, I wonder if these guys over here, are they like the ones who lost their pilot licenses in Europe and America? And <laughs> uh, like these motherfuckers lost their pilots. I mean, these these guys lost their licenses, their pilot licenses in, in Europe. Like, this guy right here looks like he's definitely from Belarus, okay? The main captain. I could see him over there, this big chubby guy. I'm like, this guy looks like he used to be a pilot in Belarus, and he lost his license. His license was revoked, and he was like, well... There is only one place I know where they will still hire me, and that is down there on the continent. So he comes down, shuffles his way down to Africa. <laughs> the CEO of the airline is like, but you can still fly though, right? Of course I can still fly. So um, you lost your license. Do you care to tell us what, you know what, never mind, I don't even want to know. But do you still know how to fly a plane though? Of course. Well, you're hired. You're our captain. You'll be flying the Lagos Madugri route. Okay? And uh, that's what I always think. Of course, that may not be the case. But it, it might as well be the case too. Okay? It's a 50-50 chance that that's what it is. But either way, for me, as long as, you know, they could fly the plane and uh, they would just get us there safely, that's all I care about. So we got on the plane and we flew into Emo. We landed and I am looking at the time now. I have been talking for almost two hours. So this is what we're going to do. As much as I hate to do it, this is going to be a series. So I will end it here. 
okay uh for those of you who listen to it in its entirety let me know what you think and i will start working on part two until then be good to each other don't do what i wouldn't do and be safe out there it's your boy mr james carrington signing off baby if I saw you in a magazine Or if you're on TV That won't mean nothing to me Don't need a shot Oh baby I need a freak Lick it like ice cream As if you mean to be disgusting It's not enough Jump my banana One side I lied And no stopping Go shopping Fuck that Shh If I go Look 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 I go Mama Sheba, come back on. Make me the start to the paragon. Start to the halagon. Cause you know that my people they collagon.